Hello, party people. My name is Emily Hartong, and you're listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best they can possibly be. Enjoy the show. Hey, Oak Performance Radio listeners. This episode is brought to you by Power Athlete, the world's premier resource for training athletes, educating coaches, and nutrition. Our goal is to provide world-class solutions for real-world athletes and coaches. We are fortunate to work with thousands of athletes around the globe, and we have taken them to the highest levels of performance. If you're working with athletes or trying to improve yourself with a performance goal, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. And if you want some dope merch, we have an amazing collection of black shirts with white skulls. Use the code AMAZING10 for 10% off your initial purchase. If you need anything performance-related, like I said, come check us out at PowerAthleteHQ.com. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. With me today, from the West Coast, Miss Emily Hartong. Did I say that right? Hartong? Hartong. Delivered Nailed it right? It. Yeah. There we go. Emily, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's Thank very you. very early in the morning over there. Uh, not too bad now. 9-10. I was up early today, but um, yeah, excited to be on this call. I know we're... Going back and forth a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Through LinkedIn. Why are we going through LinkedIn? That's no, that's. Oh, I didn't even see that message LinkedIn. So I saw your email. I was like, way better. Well, that tells you how often you and I get on LinkedIn. It just, yeah, not a. I should be better. Hopefully my colleagues aren't hearing that. Well, Emily, for the the tens of people that listen to the show who, who don't know you, and don't know who, how, how big of a deal you are. Do you want to enlighten them on, on who you are and why you're such a big deal? Not a big deal, but thank you, Adam. <laughs> uh, sure, I'd be happy to. I, um, I'm a volleyball player. I guess not anymore, but I played most of my life. Uh, I grew up in Southern California, so I played at Mizuno Long Beach Volleyball Club, for those of you out there listening that know club volleyball. Real. And then I continued at the University of Hawaii, I played indoor for four years uh, under Dave Shoji, and then I played beach that one inaugural season. It was my sophomore year when it came out, so that was really fun. Uh, now it's obviously evolved into something much bigger for the college athletes. Uh, and then after I graduated from Hawaii with a degree in communications, knowing I wanted to go into that world, just not exactly what, mm-hmm. um, kept it pretty broad, but knew I wanted to keep playing volleyball. So I went overseas. I actually signed a two-year contract to play with Valero Zurich. Um, so I headed over there, 2014. That was a really cool experience, getting to be in Champions League, traveling all over Europe, playing against some of the best teams in the world, um, and then having really great teammates just to learn from and you know get that first year of professional life under my belt with leaders like them. Um, and then the next two years, so instead of staying in Switzerland for that second year contract, uh, I went over to South Korea and I was like an hour outside of Seoul. I was there for two seasons. Um, my team won the first year, which was really exciting and kind of helped changed my mind on whether I was going to retire or go back and play yeah. one more year. Um, so yeah, I, I did three years overseas total, came home, did a lot of traveling just around Europe, backpacking, um, and then decided to start training for beach volleyball, which was 
something I always imagined I would do and had wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I got into the AVP scene, played for about three years, four years. It was a little funky with COVID. Um, but recently retired or I say soft retired because I still <laughs> play, but I'm just not training as much and, um, have been working with league one volleyball since I think it was the end of 2019, uh, when Kevin Wong had approached me and introduced me to Peter Hirschman, uh, the, the brains behind the entire, love idea of creating a pro volleyball league in America for women. Um, and yeah, it's been an incredible experience getting to work with really smart, like-minded people that are, you know, mission oriented and want to create a sustainable pro league for women. So, you know, instead of having to go play in Europe or Asia, uh, when you're finished with your college career, kind of, you know, at the peak of your career, and then you go over for eight months and it's just, it's a different lifestyle over there. Mm -hmm. Um, now we can hopefully stay here and yeah. continue to, you know, play and do something you've done your whole life, but on American soil and really build your brand and just keep growing the game here for Americans. Yeah. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. If we can, let's, let, let's go back to the beginning and then bring it up to, to, to now. Um, growing up, I've, you're a little bit tall. There's a little bit, a little bit of height going on. Volleyball, obviously great sport for you. Um, other sports? We play other sports growing up? Or were you pretty dialed in with volleyball? I played other sports growing up. Um, my whole family, besides my mom, she's like my height. We're like six one. Sometimes I say six two, but I'm not quite that tall. Um, my whole family was had sports background, and I have an older sister, older brother. They played soccer, baseball, softball, and then they both got into volleyball. And then um, six years later, my parents had my twin brother and I. And he grew up playing like every sport under the sun. And I wasn't super like I liked the like team camaraderie part mm -hmm. of it, but not the I don't know. I wasn't super into sports when I was younger, but I still played like from t-ball to softball, softball for years as a pitcher and then soccer as well. Um, but I was really shy and like timid. So those just kind of were aggressive, more aggressive sports for me. And it just didn't really click. So by sixth grade, I got into volleyball. And then that was my sport of choice. I played that all the way through. Um, yeah, I, I guess we, tr we tried a lot of sports growing up, but um, yeah, volleyball just stuck. There we go. At, at what point did you start to specialize in volleyball? I would say eighth grade. Okay. That's when I um, was placed on a really good team with like a full club team that had come over from a local club. Their coach was actually Brian Jimilaro, who was the Long Beach State head coach of the women's program for years. Yeah. And the way he trained them, he kind of treated them like they were a little bit older than 13, <laughs> 13-year-olds, or this was like 12 and 13-year-olds. Um, so that entire team left that club and came over to my club. Okay. And so we were gifted with the top coach at our club, J.P. Calderon, um, and he took over our team from eighth grade all the way to our senior year. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was um, incredible having that consistency with, you know, the training and his mm -hmm. style of coaching. And we just loved him anyways. We were definitely scared of JP, but um, it made a big difference having a coach that, you know, was loyal to the team and like trusted you and you trusted him. And um, even when I joined or was placed on that team, I'll never forget the like kind of orientation or like it was, a, this was actually at the end of tryouts when they had selected the team. Okay. And I got put on his and he put his arm around me. He was like, Emily's going to be my project because the whole team was really good. 
and I was tall and like decently athletic. Um, and I had been on like the ones teams already. So he was just kind of doing me a favor, like keeping me on the team with the newcomers. <laughs> but um, yeah, he was like, Emily's my project. And I was like, I wasn't a starter or a key player for months until a middle blocker in front of me in PE class stepped in a pothole, twisted her ankle oh. and she was out for the remainder of season. So I had to step in and um, really step up to the plate. I was very nervous, but that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me getting that opportunity to play and just having to muster up the courage and confidence to get out there and not mess up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always interesting to see how, when kids start to see success and sometimes they see success, I don't want to say it too early of an age, but maybe that's a thing. Like all of a sudden, if you're the best of the best when you're seven um, and you're always good, always good, always good, always good. And then all of a sudden a little bit of, you know, um, you, you step in a pothole or, you know, you, you have a little, you know, uh, you know, bad luck thrown your way, how, how people come back from that. And some people do really, really well. Some people do less well. Um, it's always interesting to see. It seems like the late bloomers, seem to have the the longer the longer stay yeah. they seem to enjoy it for a, a you know a, a longer time i don't know if that did, did you see that at all or is that am i am i making this up no i totally agree with that and i think it's obviously you know different case by case some kids yeah. are superstars and yeah. they remain superstars but others um you know do kind of peak a little bit earlier mm-hmm. they're ballers when they're you know freshmen sophomores in high school and then either the passion fades from them or everyone else kind of catches up. Um, but for me, I, I think being that worst player on my team for not just that first year in eighth grade, but I would say throughout like my whole club season, um, you know, always feeling like it, it wasn't necessarily like a confidence thing in a way it was, but I always felt like I need to just be better for my teammates. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like in college, that's what helped me be successful is never thinking like, okay, I've made it. I'm good. It was always like, Oh, I could do better. Or like, you know, not really thinking about the things that I did well, but more of like, you know, the, the errors that stick out. And I don't know, it happens too. I feel like a lot of people, you know, it's hard to give yourself credit for the good things you're doing. People Mm -hmm. fixate on the poor things, but I don't know, for me, it kind of just helped in volleyball um, having that mindset. When, When do you think that mindset came to you? Is that an early on thing? Was that a later game thing? Early on thing. Early yeah. on thing. Okay. Well, of being like the worst player, that was <laughs> definitely early on. Like I, like, you know what volleyball is, if you're yeah. peppering, and I was a middle, and middles tend to not have the best control sometimes. Oh. Um, so I always just felt bad, like if we were peppering, or like the warm-up drills, you know, you hit five of your partners left, five of your partners right. And if I wasn't hitting right there, I was like, oh, like, I'm so sorry, like, I always just felt like I needed to work harder to make it easier for my teammates or like my partner. Um, and that continued on in college and then even after when I was overseas. Yeah. I think it's funny how, how early that started in you and how that got ingrained and then how, how you, 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 you carried that through. That's, that's fantastic because I think it's really easy to, especially at the club level, it's, volleyball is the ultimate team sport. Like I, I think it, you know, mm. it's fantastic. You can't pass set and hit it to yourself, you know, so we need other people here. I find it crazy though, how not crazy, interesting at times though, because so much of the club thing ends up, you know, supporting kids as they go off to college and, and stuff like that. It gets a little, I won't say selfish, but kind of selfish when kids are like, oh, you know, they're, they're really, you know, they want to get recruited and, and stuff like that. And that's a big thing. Um, but for you to have that attitude early on and, you know, 
you know, really feel for your teammates and, and whatnot. I, I think that's a fantastic attitude to have. I wish we could ingrain that into every ad, every athlete that walks through the door. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Was that something that was, you think, preached by coaches and, and, and your parents and stuff like that? Or do you think that's just a Emily internal thing? Um, I would actually, I would say internal thing, but I think my, my twin brother, as I mentioned, I, I think had a lot to do with that. Always just like belittling me or you know, <laughs> both of us doing it to each other, but he was the more kind of outgoing loud one. And so I kind of took that backseat of just being quiet. This was like through school, through sports. Like I'm pretty quiet. Like if you don't know me, um, it takes a while for me to kind of warm up and, that's not the best thing. Like yeah. I, when I coach kids and I see the quiet ones, like so much, I'm like trying to, you know, encourage them to be loud, and, like be themselves. Cause I feel for them of like being that quiet one where you're just kind of, you know, behind the huddle and like minding your own business. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I've always just felt like I wasn't a good player. And so I had to work extra hard to get there. And like I said, I think that mindset did help, but um, you know, I hope that the younger kids or the younger generations coming up, that they have that confidence and, you know, believe in themselves. Um, yeah. But even if they don't, they'll be working hard to try to get there. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I know. I, I think that, I, I think that's fantastic. Um, can, can you speak to the, you mentioned the word passion earlier with, with it, 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 passion fading with, with some kids at times. Um, and I see that being, it, it's a hard thing when you, when you start, you know, when you play one sport and all of a sudden you start to focus on, Hey, one position and I'm a middle and, these are the moves I do and I'm going to do them kind of over and over and over and over and over, you know, and, and you have to, in which to get better, which to get proficient um, and, and improve. How do you, how do you avoid the, like losing that passion? Cause I've seen it come out of the kids, you know, sales, you know, their junior year, their senior year. Um, e- even after a couple of years in college, you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Like yeah. they, they still, they still enjoy parts, but the passion isn't what it used to be there. You want to talk about how do you how do you handle that whole? I mean, obviously there were good times or bad times. How do you, how do you how do you balance that to keep the you know passion alive? I think like with the burnout and the the passion kind of losing its fire. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different variables. You know, it could be just being overworked by your coach, and it's too much for you know kids are like this. Like I don't care that much, or not playing. I think that's a huge piece if you're you're not a key player or starter on the court and you're on the bench. Like that's, that's not easy. It's disheartening, but it's a part of sports. Um, But yeah, I think to avoid that, what's helped me over the years is having that team camaraderie and having those teammates and it's fun, you know, to go to practice and get to see them every day. And then the volleyball side, just, you know, something else where you're being challenged, whether it's in your position or you're changing positions um, I was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to play on the outside in college. So I made that transition from the middle to outside. So that was like a whole new challenge for me of like, okay, okay I need to learn how to pass. I'm going to be a six rotation outside. Like, and that was something I always wanted to do. I would say a lot of middles probably like kind of your dream to be on the outside and like you get <laughs> way more balls and touches and you get to stay in. Um, so like that had helped, but yeah, it's just, it's different. I would say, For like the younger kids, you know, if you're experiencing burnout or like there are so many other things in life too than just volleyball. And sometimes you feel kind of like this is the only thing I have going because it's intense. And like most sports are nowadays, you're you're training 
three to four days a week. And then you're focusing on your nutrition and you're getting additional work that workouts in and it isn't for everyone, yep. you know, but I think the support from your team and from your coaches um, is a huge piece of that, that I wouldn't be like where I am now if it weren't for my good teammates or like the unconditional support from my parents too. Mm-hmm. I would have the worst game and they'd be like, nice job, sweetie. (laughs) Thank you. But as I get older, you know, having conversations with friends and you kind of hear about how different parents are and like, you know, the parents that get really into it and like talk, like, I think that can cause burnout sometimes. Um, But yeah, a lot of different variables, I would say. Yeah. Hey, it's funny. So my, my kids are just soccer started back up this week. Um, Again, nothing, they're at the, the junior level. So they're like, the, the next step, my, my oldest has one more level till he goes into the club thing and blah, blah, blah. But okay. um, it is interesting to watch the other parents support slash coach slash yell at slash whatever um, their kids or sometimes other kids or sometimes the officials or especially soccer is interesting because the sidelines are so far apart. Like volleyball, you're, you're so much closer together. Um you know, you can kind of see the parent, you know, really close. But in soccer, like you're on the other side, it blows my mind that like these are these kids are ten guys. Let's 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 pump the brakes yeah. a little bit because I th- I think that's the best attitude for you know. I'm not going to write a book on parenting, but like th- that's what I'm we're trying to do with with our kids in the way of not. I want to stress them out too much. I want them to enjoy this for a long period of time. Like I don't care if they yeah. play you know professional soccer or if they even you know whatever finish the next year or two. But um, but deep down you're like, come on, kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, and you know, celebrate their successes and stuff like that. Like I don't want you know, but holy cow, it's just it, it's I, yeah. <laughs> the, like in with volleyball too. Just like I'm sure you yeah. see it. I, I just think it's kind of this day and age of like you know, parents. I feel like people are getting a little softer. Like parents and coaches, way they communicate with their athletes, but at the same time, I feel like parents are getting more and more into it because of like the recruiting opportunities and all the different opportunities that sports can bring you in life. And so they're like, okay, we got to make sure we're filming everything, like really dissecting it. And it kind of loses like, you know, the fun and like essence of the sport there when it becomes so like regimented and serious from such an early age. Um, How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have two, uh, seven and 10. Boys, girls? Both boys. Nice. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know how to raise girls. No idea. Um, Tricky. Probably the same as boys. I don't know. He's just... Probably so. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I was raised kind of like a boy with like having a brother, but like, I don't know. Girls scare me. Like I, you know, I don't have kids yet. Um, but it's tricky. Being a parent in general just seems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's so much. I think it's hard to be. I think overall in general, I think it's hard to be a kid these days. I think it's hard to be a parent these days. Um, just with all the distractions and all the, all the social media stuff and, and some of the, obviously the social media stuff is really, really good. Um, you know, you're in marketing and, and doing this whole thing. Like this, it's a, this social presence is, is a big deal, but like, man, if, if, if I grew up with the pressure of like my mom sitting on the sideline, videotaping every football play I made, like, Oh my gosh. You know, I would, I would have been, you know, every, every baseball swing, I, I would have struck out every man, you know, every, every at bat. Um, it's a different world yeah. with the, the digital age and just having at your fingertips yeah. to oh. look anything up, check out anybody, mm. you know, it's, it's different. I think it puts a lot of pressure on kids and 
Um, I have been helping clubs with like social media and marketing through there. And um, the biggest thing like for me, because I'm personally not huge on social media. I didn't grow up with it. You know, MySpace and like MySpace was like the cool thing. (laughs) And that was stressful, like picking out who your top eight friends were, you know, when you (laughs) had that like code of having the random 40 or whatever for your top friends, that was a huge relief because like, it's just, it's different, you know, everything's out there and available to check out. And um, it's almost, it's too much sometimes. So yeah, hopefully people, you know, take breaks when it's needed. I think it's cool for the clubs to be able to showcase like different plays and highlight. But when it comes to, you know, personally putting, all your personal information out there, photos yeah. of yourself, people get, you can get a little obsessive and kind of takes over. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just saw, I think it was a five a week or two or something ago, but they posted, they posted a bunch of bloopers of their kids messing up, <laughs> like tripping over things, tripping over some of the, some of the best, like not just the highlights, not like, Oh, look at that. Look at that yeah. hit down the line and, and you know, <laughs> kid falling off a box, you know, or kid backing up and tripping over. So, you know, just, just goofy <laughs> stuff that they, you know, randomly caught on film. And I, I don't know, just stuff like that, I think is, you know, That's fun. makes people more real and, and whatnot that not everything is, you know, rainbows and sunshine and, you know, exactly like finding that authenticity to shine through. Yeah. Like, I think that's what people connect with most, yeah. you know, that feels real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, A5, great social media. They, they do they, a very nice job. I was being united. Trace has been um, really putting in the work. You guys oh. have a huge community now. Yeah. It's awesome. It, yeah, it, yeah. Oh, gosh. I, yeah. And it's funny how much work it can, it, it can be with that, that whole thing. How, yeah. how, um, so this transition, we were talking about this before we hit the record button. That transition between club high school volleyball where everything's everybody's all focused on development and developing the athlete and, you know, getting them better and prepared and, you know, ideally, and I shouldn't say ideally, possibly going off to college and playing college ball and, and stuff like that and taking that next, next big step. And then all of a sudden you get to college and sometimes it's a different, I won't say different, but it's a different mentality than high school and club and da, 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 da. Um, how, how do you want to talk about that transition for you? Um, cause you went to a school that plays a little bit of volleyball and they're, 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 they're kind of good. Um, so they, they take it seriously. Um, any, any big, like wake up call that, that, that you endured? I, uh, so it's a little funny cause my club coach that I was talking about, he was about as intense as they come. Like, I don't see club coaches like him anymore. Um, but our team was really good. Like, everyone what got scholarships to D1 schools. We won junior or JOs, the USA Volleyball. Okay. We got second one year, like, open every year. It was just, it was taken very seriously. And when I got to college, I don't know if it was the Hawaiian culture or the fact that Dave Joji just has been, you know, there at this point for almost four decades. Um it was a more relaxed setting, like ah. from shagging balls, you know, like after it was like, okay, end the drill, go shag balls. I would look, run around and shag balls. Cause that's what I was used to at club. And Dave would sit there and laugh and be like, hard tongue. Like, what are you doing? Like, take your time walk. Um, so <laughs> that part was a lot different. And he was such a nice coach. Our whole staff was really nice. Like, um, and it was not that my club coach wasn't nice, but his style was definitely different to say the least. 
Um, so that part was really like a nice change of pace. But the biggest adjustment was coming in as like a scrawny 18 year old. And now you're playing with and against mature 22, 23 year old women, mm. you know, and them kind of showing you the ropes um, of just, you know, how to survive and manage your time. And, you know, you're going to classes now, like a lot more pressure, I think, is put on you. Um, but it's it's also a lot more fun. It's like now you're a part of, like you're representing a college and you know, you just, you feel like something bigger than coming in from high school club player. Um, I would say the biggest shock was being on my own. Like I was excited to go to Hawaii. That was one of my top schools. And I grew up next, like on the beach and have loved living, you know, close to it. And Hawaii was always somewhere I was like, I want to go live in paradise. (laughs) Um, Not to mention, you know, their, their legendary program and Mm all the women in history um, that have come before. So when I went out there though, I just, I felt like so naive of, you know, making my own meals. Um, I feel like that was a big one. Otherwise I could kind of get by with everything else, like the weightlifting, you know, you have the support from like your team and staff and all that, but um, just like being an adult in general and, you know, balancing and managing like a credit card. That was the first time I had that. Um, So things like that. And I think nowadays people do prepare, you know, kids a little bit better, even um, taxes, I guess I wasn't really doing that kind of stuff, but, you know, just how to prepare someone in life in general. I think uh, also just now that we're on this, the media side of things um, going from high school club volleyball, like, never did interviews or was on camera for anything. And then you go to college and especially Hawaii where there's no professional sports there on the Island. So the university, you're kind of treated like a pro athlete with the media coverage and all the other fun that goes into it. But I was so bad at being on camera. It was like so nervous and I just wanted to say the right thing. And um, so I feel like some prep for that, especially girls, you know, going to big 10 schools, Mm -hmm. going to, schools where they're going to get a lot of media coverage. It's good to be, you know, kind of prepped for when it comes to that. And, um, and, and again, I, I think that clubs do a good job. You know, some of them have these kind of like seminars for an hour in the spring, just talking through some of the stuff for um, the seniors headed off next year. Yeah. So random question. And then when I come back to volleyball, so just from a logistics standpoint, every time you guys have an away match, mm. it's a four hour flight somewhere like is that five okay five okay yeah there's about five five and a half um depending if you were headed to the mainland or going back but we would group them too so if we came to the mainland we would usually hit like three schools have three games i think a week and a half was the longest we would be on the road for um but yeah it was definitely the travel piece was the part of it yeah i mean i can't imagine that the back i mean how many how many flights would you make in a season I think actually it was only like four. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, only four. Oh, yeah. Well, but, like, and it was kind of fun. It was like, yeah. okay, get in this class, get to hang out <laughs> with my friends. Like, um, I never minded the travel piece until like my senior year when just you get a little bit busier with school um, and your classes. And it was kind of like, oh, I have to miss an exam or whatever that may be. But um, yeah, for me, I mean, volleyball was prioritized. So whatever came with it. I didn't really think twice. It's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm here to compete and 
if we have to go fly again, so be it. Yeah. Very cool. How much um, freshman year? Did, did you play much? Can I ask these questions? I did. You did? I was um, freshman of the year, actually, in the WAC. Nice. Uh, yeah. I was a middle blocker. Okay. So I was recruited as a middle. Um, but yeah, I actually started every game. Okay. So you didn't have this, you didn't have this experience. I think like a lot of college kids do of, Hey, I played a lot in club. And then all of a sudden I go to college and I'm low on the food chain and I have to, you know, you all of a sudden came in and you were, you were playing. And I didn't know really. And and this is kind of just like me being naive. Like I didn't know if I was going to play or not like the night before, um, I guess it was a couple of days before because we talked about we scouting reports and stuff. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm playing my first match. And um, at the Stan Sheriff Center in Hawaii, the arena that we play in. So it holds 10,000 fans. And there's only been a handful of sellout games while I was there playing. Um, but you would still on average at this time, it was like 6,000, 8,000 fans. And everyone told me, all my teammates are like, your first game, you're going to be so bad. They're like, you, you just can't explain it. Your arm sometimes, like, you just get nervous. And I actually played really well, but I missed <laughs> every single serve. To the for like, it was a five setter. We were down two. Uh, we were playing USB or US, um, UC San Diego. And we came back, we won in five, but I was a jump server. And like, after I missed like three of the jump serves, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay down and pop them in. <laughs> Couldn't even do that. It was so embarrassing, but it was also like kind of funny because it just was, you know, what what are you going to do? It's yeah. like your first game. But um, yeah, I think that was nice having that kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a secured position, obviously, like you never know what's going to happen, but yeah. I just kept working as hard as I could and just trying to be a good teammate, even when I was playing bad. Um, so yeah, I was lucky to be out there. Yeah. Was that, um, was, do you think that was a nervous thing? Like, were you aware of it at the time or did it just like, just wheels fall? I, I just see a lot of like, just athletes in general, not just volleyball, but you know, with all the mental health stuff and just being overly aware of, you know, everybody's thought process and stuff like that, getting in one's head and, and, and whatnot. Um, sometimes I think, I don't know people think about it almost too much and that stresses them out and whatnot. You seem to have the best attitude, you know, just being chill and laid back and, Oh, we missed that point. We'll get the next one. You know, just kind of, there's always oh, another ball coming. So. At the time it was a little different. But yeah. <laughs> like, is it, I mean, did you, did you feel that nervousness and that's it? I'm like, like, Holy cow, there's 8,000 people here watching me. Uh, uh, and like, um, Gosh, I think that's probably what it was. Um, the cool thing about being a middle, you know, you come in, it's like everything happens really quick. I'm not in the passing lineup, so I'm not thinking like, okay, don't shrink this pass. Oh. It's kind of like you got your responsibility, 10-foot line, and serve, receive. And then, you know, you're in on first tempo. You don't have much time to think anyways. So, like, when I was playing um, just front row, it went by really fast. And oh. so – like I, I did well, but I didn't do crazy that first um, game. But when I would go back to serve, I think maybe that's when like uh. nerves kind of got the best of me. And it's funny, like with volleyball, it's it's a calibrated sport in some senses. Like when you go back to serve, you know, you're trying to like stay calm and hit your targets. But it's also like raw emotion when you're front row and you're celebrating and hitting as hard as you can and like cheering. And then so when you go back to serve, you kind of just need to like, chill, mm. visualize where you want it to go. That game just 
it did not get over the net or it would be like flying out it was just like kind of like a weak arm it was yeah. it was pretty funny um looking back on it but yeah never like I wasn't super nervous no. but I, I must have been you know what I mean because clearly I couldn't make a standing float <laughs> Right. Um, do you want to, um, you, you mentioned this earlier coming in as, a, I forgot what word you used, scrawny 18 year old, something like that. Um, yeah. we, we do a little strength conditioning stuff here, Emily, and don't know if you know. Um, but do, do you want to talk, talk about that, that piece? Uh, was, was that a big piece to the, the, the puzzle in college? It was. Um, and my trainer, actually, she like jokes around. She was like, you seemed bigger, like coming in compared to most freshmen, but I still felt like, you know, just, I wasn't, where the other girls were at. Um, so at Mizuno from, Long Beach, from, from like, a lifting perspective. Yeah. She oh, meant like, a, like okay. I looked bigger in like the shoulders and I actually had started lifting. Um, so we received the workouts that Hawaii kind of didn't expect you to do over the summer leading up until you got there. But um, just kind of gave you as like a guide, like great. If you can get in the gym and do snatches, a lot of the Olympic lifts were new to me, but at our yeah. club, we would do um, training, I think probably similar to what you guys are doing and yeah. other clubs. Uh, we would work out at Long Beach State, their gym, and there would be like two teams in there. We'd have like this full kind of like dance studio workout room. There was like ladders and little steps, small dumbbells, jump ropes, yoga balls. Um, and Matt Furbringer, who is Joy Mackenzie Furbringer's husband, they yeah. ran Mizuno Long Beach together. Okay. Uh, he was a current AVP professional. He had played indoor at Stanford and then was on the Nash men's national team indoor for years and then switched over to the beach. So he was our full-time trainer. Um, and I think we had, we called it frogs. That was like their gym name. And we would, we had these practices, um, or these training sessions anywhere from once to twice a week. Okay. Um, and I think that was huge. Just like in overall development and strengthening certain muscles, you know, that weren't really like getting the attention they needed. But as a volleyball player, you know, you definitely need and kind of just um, rely on to be there. So I had that training for years. And then when I received those workouts from colleges and things were different because you would go to the JOs and then you would still have like however many weeks before you had to head out to, you know, school mm -hmm. and start training with the team. Um, I think I only a couple of teammates of mine, one who went to Penn State, she flew out directly from the JOs. Okay. But now you know, the 18s teams have their um, JOs in April. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then once they graduate, like they're with the universities, which yeah. I think is great. Um, but I also value the time spent with friends. And, you know, that, going back to like the burnout part, yeah. for me, the big deal is kind of taking time away, you know, outside of volleyball and, um, you know, having other interests there. So I, I did prep, sorry, back to your question, yeah. did prep a little bit when it came to the lifts that they expected of us when we got to school, but nowhere near like where the other um, girls or teammates of mine were at. Okay. And then come once in college, we, we ramped it up. I'm curious to know that the physical difference of you um, from freshman to, to, to senior. Um, yeah, I think it would just be the workouts. Yeah. We had great strength trainers at Hawaii. It was so a lot you were just of, super jacked. Yeah, which I didn't <laughs> love. Like, and I, I could gain muscle like kind of easily, which personally I don't love that. But as an athlete, it's great. Like that's what you need, you yeah. know. And 
Um, I think muscle milks. So we always had like a fridge <laughs> stocked of those. And I just liked them for like the taste. They were like uh, chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would drink those after like every workout that helped just, you know, additional protein. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I would say the work, the keeping your body up to, you know, strengthening and all the additional training as much as possible is huge. Like you got to rely on that come game time. You know, it's 13, 13 in the fifth game. And it's like, who, who still has like the stamina and strength to put a ball away or chase a ball down, you know, and that comes from the workouts in the gym at that point. Yeah. Very cool. We finally, we, we said goodbye to one of our, uh, our graduates today um, going off to college. And it, she, after, um, I forgot where they went, whatever, J.O. was back in, back in April, took some time off. Um, opposite of me, she actually lost weight, like lost seven, eight pounds over just a muscle. month. Or, yeah, just it didn't work out, just relaxed. She, she needed a break. I was absolutely fine with that. But then to come back in and like, well, holy cow, we got to, you know, because back up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was at a really healthy weight. This is like nothing with that at all. Um, and I really don't have a lot of weight conversations with adolescent girls. That's not my specialty at all. Um, but we finally scanned her Sparta wise, um, you know, for the last time today and get all the readouts and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, weight's one of the things that attracts and whatnot. But she best Sparta scan of, of, of all time, um, best vertical of all time, and, and finally right. feels like, but finally took care of herself, you know, because, yeah. which I really love. That's a part of college I, I absolutely love. Like you guys have a very intense, you know, fall season, but then now we have the whole off season in which to lift a lot of weight, Take care of one's body. You know, if, if there's something that's bothering you, 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 you fix it. Um, you get back on the nutrition train to make sure that, you know, the nutrition's in check. Um, I absolutely love it. So, I, yeah, that's – I don't know where I was going with that outside of, you know, muscle, well, I, muscle milk. <laughs> it made sense. Like, taking that break, I think, is key. Yeah. And, you know, some players don't want to and don't need to. Other players, like I was always a huge advocate for breaks, um, Christmas break, or I guess it was after our season would end in like our NCAA run. How, for however long that, you know, span was before we got back together in January and starting training again, I like wouldn't touch a volleyball. I wouldn't work out. And that was like probably like three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the summers, I would kind of do the same. I would yeah. like stay in shape a little bit. I, I would stay in shape. Actually, I'll take that back. Um, but I wouldn't really play a ton of volleyball. Yeah. And you know, at that point, it's like you have the craft down, you've mastered it. Now just kind of keep staying in shape. And this girl, like, you know, she's younger. Yeah. She's able to bounce back if she's not working out all the time. But as you get older, you know, junior, senior year in college, um, just making sure you're you're staying physically in shape, even though you're not touching a volleyball, I think is key. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fantastic. I to to completely throw her under the bus. Kylie Schultz, Eric's daughter, uh, made a oh. comment. She she took off whatever time after nationals till like when um, they, they had summer league here. Um, and it's funny. It, she had all of maybe like two weeks off. And she's like, yeah, something's up. She was fretting before the whatever, her, their first match. She's like, yeah, I have to, I have to remember how to set the ball again. <laughs> like, <laughs> Kylie, I think you'll be okay. I'm saying I just, you've you said yeah. a few times. <laughs> you got this. I think it's like riding a bike. I'm not quite sure, you know. You might have one or two I off am, ones. Yeah. No, I, I with volleyball, it's funny because some people can take so much time off and go back to it and still be great. I was never one of those players. It would take me like a week to yeah. get things back. But like my jump felt great. My lateral movement, like everything, you know, I, I felt just fresh, like yeah. fresh legs and fresh mind too. Of Like 
all right, let's get back in, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I would say Kyle, Kylie Schultz, she's got it. <laughs> a couple weeks off, I'm sure he'll be right back to flowing. Yeah. She, she's funny. She's a little bit more, um, different, a little less laid back than you in this. She's very, she's one I think that can you know, just kind of, kind of run with run. it and, you know, just, just go with it. Um, do you have any injury stuff throughout, throughout the career? Um, a couple. So, yeah. no, well, so the first injury was this um, foot thing that I still have. It's kind of been like, it was like a stress fracture on the talus, talus bone, mm-hmm. my foot. And it was kind of like my shin bone hitting that. Okay. This started like my sophomore year. And it was just kind of like an annoying pain. Okay. And I was like, never one to go to our trainers. I think this was the first time I had to go to my trainer and like, tell her about something. Okay. Um, And they did x-rays and like, never really could pinpoint what it was. It was just something that we started, you know, doing more rehab exercises for. Um, but it kept me out of the USA gym a couple of summers, actually. Oh. Like my junior, I think this one in my sophomore going to junior year um, when it first started. And so I took like that whole summer off. I took the whole spring semester off of my junior going into um, senior year from jumping. And so that was just, something weird. And I, I still have that to tell you the truth. Like it's something that I hope goes away now that I'm not training and playing beach as much. Um, but I tore my labrum, my, in my hitting shoulder, my senior season. And, um, again, I was in the USA gym right after. So I was living in California at my parents' house, practicing in the USA gym and doing school remote for, this was like two weeks. The plan was to go back and forth. This was like their winter training block. And I knew my shoulder was messed up and like, I just didn't have the power that I did, which was something I relied pretty heavily on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, wasn't good. I was like, what the hell is going on? Got a couple of MRIs and I was like, okay, you tore your labrum to where you need to get it repaired. Yeah. Um, so I had that surgery March of my senior year and then still had signed a contract and everything to go overseas. But um, I know people come back from a labral tear and surgery and I don't mean to scare anyone, but my shoulder was never quite the same. Yeah. Um, but otherwise like stayed pretty healthy the whole time. I had some like knee pain here and there, but very fortunate that, you know, I never had to have knock on wood, a knee surgery. Um, obviously they're very prevalent in yeah. volleyball and knees just freak me out, yeah. you know, like if you're wobbling around. So yeah, otherwise just my shoulder and then that weird ankle thing that still lingering a little bit. Yeah. That that whole we've one. It's funny that you say that we we've one athlete specifically, and we're trying to narrow it, it down with her. And she actually goes through the orthopedic on, on on Monday, but she's done the physical therapy thing. But it, there's pain in that 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 talus area that whether you it's, just it's can't a, like pinpoint what it is. Yeah, it's a ligament thing, and it kind of goes up. Up, yeah, it's it's and she's a heck of an athlete. She's like she she's you know plays all over. Like she's you know, DS libero for club, but she's probably going to swing outside and, you know, in high school because, you know, that's how high school volleyball works often. <laughs> um, and, and so it's, but she's a heck of a track athlete and, you know, can, is running 58, 59, 400s and, and stuff like that. And so just, she's a Ferrari with a loose lug nut right now. And it just, yeah, yeah. that, that, that foot thing is a, there's so much going on in that, that foot that. Yeah. And, and that, it's, it's weird because like it doesn't it wouldn't hurt when I was actually playing like in practice and everything, yeah. but it was later in the evenings where I would just be like walking and like still 
would do this one oh. with beach volleyball again now that I haven't been you know training for months like it doesn't bother me as much but yeah it's it's just like annoying yeah and you it kind of scares you because you're like I don't want this thing to get worse and be like limping when I'm like older I think it's fine mine, <laughs> mine should be good and I'm sure hers will be good um, they'll pinpoint exactly what it is and yeah. strengthen those muscles around it but um yeah injuries suck yeah or, no. do you think now switching moving forward to the professional career. So we played three professional seasons. Do you think if you would have had the opportunity to stay in the U S that you would have continued to play after that or longer than three years? Yeah, Yeah. I definitely think so. Um, A big part of it for me was losing like my teammates who I could connect with and bond with. Like I feel very fortunate throughout my club career and collegiate career of like having great teams, like, like no drama everyone was cool just like cared about each other and then when you go overseas not to say that like those teammates weren't like that but it's different when you know you're speaking different languages and it is different over there it's like for them this is their career where you know in america it's like you'll play volleyball and then you know you have that opportunity received an education hopefully in college where you can kind of tap into something else over there it's like you're planning on playing until you can't walk anymore, you know, unless something else comes up or a different opportunity, but usually that's how it is. And so for them, it's like, they're kind of looking out, you know, for themselves as they should being a professional athlete and, um, you know, wanting their stats to be up there and their performance. And it was just, it was different. I, um, I don't know. I, and I didn't bond as well. I loved my team in Korea. Those girls were like hilarious, sweethearts. We were like, going through the trenches together. Um, but I was the only foreigner on the team. And oh. so you, you can't have like an intellectual conversation because they, like I obviously couldn't speak Korean, had some funny phrases, and you know, <laughs> words, but um, you know, like they spoke English, but not like, it was just, it's hard to communicate. And yeah. um, so for me, that was like the toughest part. You just kind of feel isolated over there and everybody's back home. Um, so if I were able to play in America and, continue to you know keep playing with teammates and um if that passion was still there a big part too was my shoulder mm-hmm. like it, i don't think it would have lasted another indoor season and so it's also why i made the decision to be done um but yeah i think things will be different when there's a pro league for athletes in america yeah very cool so when you say only foreigner 12 13 koreans and then emily mm-hmm. wow like 16, usually they're like 16 or 17 Korean, but they were awesome. Like I love that team. Um, and you know, I came back a second year partly cause you know, we were so successful the first year we had won. I didn't see that coming. Our, our coach was a little nuts. Hopefully he's not listening to this, but, um, yeah, he was kind of crazy. And so I was like, there's no way I'm coming back. And then you're like on such a high from winning and like, again, love my teammates. I came back for another season, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough over there. Like I had other friends, you know, you're all going through it together, the different foreigners on the other teams, but people struggle. Like it's, it's not easy being over there, um, by yourself, you know, no matter how great and supportive, like your, your teammates and your trainer or, um, your translator are, you're still like at the end of the day, you know, by yourself and, um, it's also the first time you're getting paid, well, maybe with NIL a little different, but you're getting paid to play volleyball, you know, so you're taking this hobby, this fun, like passion that you've had all your life. And now you're like 
all right, we're paying you. You need to do well. It changes things, you know? Yeah. So interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go league one now. So league one goal here to start a, you know, professional, you know, volleyball league for, for, for women. Um, this, I really can't believe that it's not being done yet. I, I know there's somebody else is kind of doing it. Is that kind of true? Um, yeah. So, um, and it's been tried for yeah. decades. It just hasn't been done right. Mm. Um, but Athletes Unlimited, so they kicked up about the same time, um, I believe, as we started okay. with love. This was like the end of 2019, early 2020. And then um, I had heard that this new league was starting to come about and it was going to be more exhibition type of play, which is exactly what uh, Athletes Unlimited is. So not quite exactly like the league where you are building or it's city based. It's a longer duration. Um, but, you know, it's still an opportunity for people to play in America and make some money. It's only, I think, about six weeks long. Okay. Um, so I don't know what their plans are in terms of, you know, if they're trying to expand that or, um, you know, have city-based teams. But, yeah, they, um, they're they getting the volleyball buzz going in America. Yeah. So we're all for it. So so you guys here, I, I'm not looking for specific details, but just kind of overarching for, for people who are kind of hearing this for the first time and whatnot. Um, in, in the next couple of years... I want to give a timeline. I have no idea. Um, what, 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 what should people expect to see from the, from the professional league side? Uh, I would say just more um, connection with some pro athletes that we're bringing in and then college athletes connecting them with the clubs. This is like in the near future this yeah. year, tapping into next year. And then we have an idea of starting to create some events going on next couple of years are so kind of like a roadmap that will build into the pro league okay. and just kind of get that momentum going of who some of our like anchor players or stars will be of this league, um, you know, and get the kids, the clubs falling behind. And, you know, it's kind of like the first time college definitely provides that exposure to role models and, and um, you know, athletes for young volleyball players to look up to. But it's like at the pro level where you don't see any of these superstars outside of the Olympics, you know, every four years, yeah. they go overseas. There's like a 96% drop off of who's watching like the viewership because yeah. it's, it's hard to access these games. They're all in different languages. Yeah. So I think building that momentum and getting people excited about these players and, you know, how amazing they're like, what kind of stars they are that now yeah. are going to be you know, here home playing, we can go watch them. The athletes, the, the club athletes, hopefully we'll have connections with them, different type of like mentorship opportunities that we want to do. And just really create that like synergy of young club player, college kind of like connect disconnection, but then the pro players staying home and, you know, all kind of working together to just continue to grow the sport and get people excited about, you know, what we're creating here. Got it. And then at, at, at the end of the day, City-based professional teams playing, playing each other. Yep. Winners, losers, champions. Yeah, all of that. So we'll have um, a normal season where everyone's playing each other a certain amount of games, and then we'll have playoffs for sure, and we'll crown the champions. There we go. Yeah. I, I think it's – I'm trying to relate this in, in, in my head. and I, I didn't grow up with, with volleyball in, in my little town – um, it, it was a girl's sport. Football. So what's that? 
You were saying you played football and baseball. Yeah, football, baseball, some basketball, <laughs> not very good. Um, but it, it was a girls' sport, coached by girls, played by girls. And the only reason we went to the games is because of the girls, and for no other reason. Like it just we didn't understand the rules. Um, <laughs> You liked it though, like it's a cool sport. It, it was, well, and it was so different back in the day because it, it was all the side out stuff. So like, yeah. games could go two and a half hours, and you're just like, oh my, I got <laughs> I got homework. Like, okay, we gotta go home. What are we doing here, guys? Why is this game taking longer than a football game? What are we doing here? It's, it's a Tuesday yeah. night. It's not a Friday night. We got <laughs> school tomorrow. Um, but but it's such a neat neat sport. But it just as a dad with boys now, it's fun. Like you know, watching the bears on TV, you know, and, and being like, Hey dad used to play, you know, that position at a much lower level. They don't, they don't know how terrible I was, but you know, I make them think that, you know, I was phenomenal. Um, Yeah. Look at dad shoot hoops in the, in the, in the driveway. Oh my gosh. Can make 15 footers, you know, but then we, you know, we sit down, we go to basketball games and stuff like that. Like it's a super cool, like bonding experience that, that we have. Volleyball, I, I see the same thing with with, with League One stuff, where, where these you know mothers can take their daughters, you know, I, I guess and sons now, you know, to these games and be like, hey, you know, mommy used to play that position, and da, da, da. I, I see it being a super crazy cool way that you guys are. And we had Caitlin on the podcast, I don't, I don't know how many episodes ago, but yeah. talk about the whole um, crawl, walk, run movement here, yeah. and just taking it slow and you know slowly building the momentum and, and, and stuff like that. And that totally makes sense to me. Cause I, I do think at the, at the end of the day, it, you know, with as popular as the sport of volleyball is, I, you know, I just think it can turn into this, not just a, a fun thing I did in high school, but this can turn into a really cool, like, you know, long life, you know, yeah. Hobby for people. Um, love I, for it, life. Yes. Look at you. You should go into marketing. That wasn't me. That was uh, <laughs> Patrick Cox, our creative director. <laughs> but yeah, that's the idea yeah. is, you know, once you're a part of our system's not the right word, but this space, this this mm-hmm. um, community, you know, whether you're a five-year-old and you're starting out one of these developmental kind of programs mm-hmm. where you're bumping a balloon around or whatever that may be. And then you go through the club system, then you go to college, and then now you can stay and decide if you want to play pro or if you want to go into coaching or if you want to help love in marketing or social media or another way. Um, I just think of all the opportunities that we're going to be creating for, for women and, and men too throughout the country um, that just, you know, hasn't been there before. And like, you think of the numbers and like how many friends of mine went and played club volleyball, then went off to college. And like, I see it with my older sister too. Like I was, we were hanging out with some of her friends last night. I was looking around and I was like, all these women played in college. But you would have no idea. Like, they don't talk about it anymore because, you know, they're just like, they're not watching pro games. They're mm-hmm. not really involved still. And, like, we're going to change that. People are now going to be, you know, interested. Like, it's watching NBA or, like, MLB or NFL. It's like, you're going to know players. You're going to know coaches. Your friends are going to be out there. Um, and I think that's the unique part of volleyball. It's like you have your superstars, like the Kim Hills, Kelsey Robinson, mm-hmm. Healy Washingtons. Justine Wong. And then, you know, they go back to the clubs and it's like having a normal conversation with somebody. They're not, you know, like they don't see themselves as those celebrities. And, you know, that might change when we, you know, put them on this. We have a platform for them to mm-hmm. become, you know, those superstars and kind of like the LeBron James of the world. Yeah. Um, but for now, it's it's cool. It's like you see people playing at Wapaka and yeah. you got Olympians out there playing and you know, it's just, it's such a cool sport and, and such a unique community where everybody's kind of connected 
through one degree. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I had a fantastic conversation with Kim at um, NIT, and it was just, oh, yeah. it was so cool how phenomenal athlete, phenomenal athlete. Like she has genetics that I, I don't have half of what she has. Um, and, and she's so even keel, so just uh, yeah. intelligent the way that she, she thinks about the game and thinks about her training and, and her, like, and just talking about some of the, the, the Olympic stuff that they went through as a team and just the, the, the mental side of the game. And she, she has so much, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about the, how they can have this platform because I, I think they have so much good stuff to say that yeah. can, can really help parents and coaches and, and obviously the athletes to, you know, really milk everything they can out of this, this sport of volleyball and, and have the best experience they can. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're trying to do is get them connected with the clubs and the coaches and staff and the parents and, and the athletes. The, the biggest thing is, you know, like them being in that same proximity where Kim's running a camp or clinic and just mm-hmm. getting to talk to the athletes, you know, about her journey. Like it just makes it feel more attainable or like achievable. Yeah. If you're, you know, you see like all the wonderful things that she's done in her volleyball career and now she's here to give back or like, you know, any of those other athletes that enjoy going and coaching camps and clinics. Um, that's a huge part of it. Cause like in the other sports, the pro sports that are so developed, you don't yeah. see that, you know, like uh-uh. Mike Trout's not out at a baseball clinic, Mm-mm. like maybe like a charity or charitable type of thing, but we want to make it real yeah. where, you know, athletes and a lot of them have shown interest and in like, yeah, I love going back and coaching camps and clinics and club directors, you know, as I'm talking to them about um, different college players that they might want to have represent, you know, their club and love and like NIL deals, they'll be like, oh, so-and-so literally comes to the gym all the time when she's home for summer. She just likes to be in here and working with the other kids. Like, you know, hearing that is really exciting. It's like, yes, like that's what we want. Like they want to be a part of this and have that impact on the younger generation. So it's been pretty cool. I, I think it's a perfect, it, it's super interesting model that, that has been created. And, and it sounds like the most effective thing. Cause it, even the, the, the stuff we, that I see with other professional athletes and stuff like that, it's just a bunch of autograph signings and like kind of here yeah. for show. And there's not that, that human connection where, you know, can be like, Oh, they were a normal kid too, who also happened yeah. to be 13 years old and, couldn't jump and swing, you know, simultaneously. And like they, they figured it out, you know, and they kept working yeah. and they got better and they improved like you can in any other sport. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think the way you, you guys have it set up is, is, is super exciting for, for, for people um, in, in the near future. What can, so it's, it's August 12th. What, what can people expect to see over the next six months, a year? What, what should we be on the lookout for? Am I putting you under the, too much pressure here, Emily. Am I throwing you under the bus? No, but I'm allowed to disclose. Okay, okay. I don't want to. <laughs> the secrets. I say, we do have um, our athletes council group. Okay. That's been they've been working with us for about a year and a half now. So a lot of them are active players. You know, um, Kelsey Robinson, Haley Washington, Justine Wong, those guys, Morgan Hentz, who else is playing? Ronica Stone, Carly Lloyd. They're all going probably overseas and going to play out you know, in different countries, but the other ones that are here too, um, Christy LaRue, Kim Hill. Now Mm -hmm. they're coaching at Long Beach state, Alicia glass Childress. I mean, she's an Olympian that now is a mother of three. And it's like, 
how can we start getting these players and not just them, but now building this NIL group of college players connected with the clubs. So it all goes back to that crawl, walk, run kind of motto we have going. And what is that pro crawl going to be until we launch a pro league? So it's bringing in more athletes and then it's going to be some of these exciting events that we're beginning to think through. And I think um, Eric Schultz is a key player and, thinking through like, what could some of these events look like? You know, these grassroots, like Wapaka, I think of what a fun tournament that is out in Wisconsin. Yeah. And, you know, like, how can we do something similar for love, whether it's, you know, getting indoor space or if it's on the grass or in the sand, like just getting people excited and, and building that buzz leading into the pro league and saying like, Hey, you know, here is what we're planning to do. Um, I think when we launch the cities, which I don't know when that could be, but like that's really going to put that stake in the ground of saying, hey, we're coming here in this year, hopefully in the next two to three years. um, And this is the city we're planning on having a team in. So, you know, that kind of stuff will feel real. And we're we're very close to, um, I think, releasing that and, and letting people know when that time's coming. But until now, I would say following the athletes, getting uh, for the club players, at least our club players, getting them, you know, connected with some of these pros will be really cool. Very cool. Ellie, where do, where do people find out? They want to stay up to date with everything. Where, where's all the, all the contacts for everything love? Um, I would say follow us on Instagram. So league one volleyball, we, um, we don't have a huge presence there. A lot of our stuff is around club content, but we'll continue to roll out more and more as we head into this next year. Um, and then just our website, love.com, L-O-V-B or league1volleyball.com. And um, yeah, we should have some more exciting stuff to come pretty soon here. But for now, I would say those are the two main sources. There we go. Emily, thank you for taking the time. Really appreciate yeah. it. This was, this was, this is, this is a lot of fun. It's always interesting to hear how, how athletes have different, like everybody's got a different path they, they, they take to, to get to where they, you know, they are. Um, for you to get to, I don't want to say the finish line, but I mean, heck, you, you know, played high school club, you played, you know, high level collegiately, you played professionally, and now you love the sport so much that you you're, you're keep going with it. Like, it's, there are a lot of people that, for, you know, forget this, you know, <laughs> Division one athlete that's not talking about, you know, volleyball anymore, which is, which is fine. You know, they, people find yeah. their own routes and things. You still have the passion for it and, and still enjoy it and, you know, you can, you can tell, you know, just through, you know, your excitement for it and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. So thank you really, you know, quite, quite a bit because it, you're a busy person. I appreciate you. No, I, I am very excited. I was able to be on this with you. It was so great meeting you in person at um, yeah. Triple Crown. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm happy I could help. Thank yeah. you for thinking of me. And um, yeah, in terms of just staying in the sport, it's, it's been really a, a crazy ride being a part of this. I never would have imagined that I would be a part of this group creating what we are now for um, volleyball in America. But um, yeah, very grateful and, and fortunate to have this role. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Emily, thanks again. Really appreciate it. Adam. Listeners. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Don't forget to check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online at www.oakstrength.com backslash Oak Performance. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.